0: Today, you're going to learn about the fascinating journey from Kenya to Kansas that Isaac Wambua has been on, his passion to help people to give back, his lessons that he learned in Kenya that impact his business coaching today are quite tremendous, and we'll learn all about his company, Synergy Business Solutions, on this episode of Let's Make Work
1: Optional. Welcome to this episode of Let's Make Work Optional with True Wealth & Company in Overland Park, Kansas. True Wealth & Company incorporates strategies and products of the super-rich to help you reach your financial goals and make work optional. And now, here's Brian Sarf, President and CEO of True Wealth & Company.
0: Welcome to Let's Make Work Optional. I'm Brian Sarf. We're here every Tuesday at 5 a.m., and I hope you are too. You can find the Let's Make Work Optional podcast on iTunes, Anchor.fm, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Today, we are joined by Mr. Isaac Wambua. He's an industrial engineer and business strategist with Synergy Business Solutions. I met him at our Top of the Torch event in February. He has a phenomenal story to tell. I had to get him on the podcast to share his story and the impact he's having here in Kansas City. Welcome, Isaac.
2: Thank you, Brian. I'm glad to be here.
0: It's really fun to have you here and to share your story. It's so incredible. But first, we have to talk about your baby girl that was just born.
2: Oh, my God. Yes. My wife and I, we have a four-month-old baby. Yes. That's our first one. So obviously, she has uh, you know stolen our hearts, and she's a joy to be with us. I'm learning a lot of things. You know, I I got married uh, two years ago, uh, close to two years ago, so I'm still a husband on (laughs) training. And then now we have a baby, and I'm learning how to be a dad, and it's been a fun ride. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's life-changing, isn't it? It is life-changing. I remember
0: my first, and it really just brings everything into focus. It
2: really does. And uh, one of the things that I was a little bit worried about is my time, because I tend to be a workaholic sometimes. I, I love what I do, and I just pour my heart into it. And I didn't want to have to choose between family and business. And I, f- for a long time, I was thinking, how am I going to balance that out? And, but it's amazing how it has worked out. My business is growing. It's doing very well. I've not had to sacrifice anything. And I'm spending time with my family every evening in the morning, hanging out with the baby on weekends. And it gets me to, to ask myself, what was I doing with my time? <laughs> <laughs> Have, yeah, but, you, have, you,
0: have you figured that out? You know, I,
2: I still don't know, but uh, I've been able to create time for my wife and my daughter, so it's, it's, it's been a good thing.
0: Talk about what you do at Synergy Business Solutions and the impact you have with the clients you work with.
2: So we do two main things. Uh, there's business coaching and there's training. And on the coaching side, we help businesses to become more productive, more efficient, of course, bring in more revenue for the business. And that loops back to being able to pay their employees well. Because when you pay people well based on performance, you are likely to retain them. You are likely to attract the highly ambitious and the really competent people. So it's a whole loop. And, of course, when it comes to the productivity, we look at uh, the processes and the systems that they have to make sure that they are all intact, they are documented. We train people on the systems and processes, and then we come up with a system on how to hold them accountable, actually to an extent, to have them hold themselves accountable. And that makes sure that the business owner can step back, take a weekend off, a vacation, and not have to worry about business because they can see what's happening in the business from a scorecard anywhere they are at. And it's not about micromanaging their people. It's having a pause on your business so that you can identify training opportunities and coaching opportunities. So that's what we do on the coaching side.
0: So the benefit of working with you is a business owner gets some time back in their life to do other things they want to do besides work. Oh, yes,
2: they do. And I did not know this before I got really deep into business coaching. A lot of entrepreneurs, they are so passionate about what they do. They think taking a day off is doing a disservice to the business. But they also get so immersed into the business, they are the main person in the business. Mm -hmm. They get hooked into the business, and they cannot take a day off. And at some point, they wish they could do that. So when I go in, besides talking about growing the revenue and the systems and the processes, my goal is to help the business owner to take at least a one-week vacation and turn off their cell phones and their emails and not to have to worry about the business. And I've been successful in being able to do that.
0: So that's when they get tunnel vision. And they get focused in, and they lose their peripheral. And when you go take a vacation, you pick up your peripheral vision again. Exactly. And you see things on the fringe that you need to pay attention to rather than just staring at the one item in front of you and missing the forest for the trees.
2: That's very true. Actually, um, yesterday I had a a session with one of my new clients. He left for 17 days. And when he, he came back yesterday, he said, I have a new perspective and a new focus. So now he is so pumped and excited. He has been able to see some of the things because he's not there day after day. So it gives a good perspective when you step back.
0: So how did you get to, I know you're an industrial engineer. Mm -hmm. So how did you get to Synergy Business Solutions?
2: So talking about Synergy, you might be curious about the name. I love the word Synergy, and I didn't know what it meant. About 15 years ago, I was in Kenya. That's where I was born and uh, i was in a bus i saw a a billboard which had the word synergy and it said one plus one is equal to three now i had gone <laughs> to college and it, in my head i'm like that should be simple math there's no way one plus one is equal to three and it down there it said, said synergy. So I, I, went to w- I went home and I look, looked it up in the dictionary, and it said a synergy is me being able to get one plus one, and when you put them together, you, you get way more than that. If you get two people doing the same thing separately, one plus one is equal to two, but when they do it together, then you you have the collective genius of the two. You are likely to get more than two. So so I've always been fascinated by that word, synergy. And uh, when I decided to start a business, I said, I'm going to call it Synergy Business Solutions. So my transition from engineering was as a result of a need. Several companies that I worked with, They struggled with, again, productivity, efficiency, making money. And you find one month they are making money. The next month we are not getting any bonuses. That's how I knew they were not making money. And I talked to in different companies, my bosses, and I said, you know, uh, let me see if I can help. Just to look at the numbers and see what we can do. We tried different things. Mm -hmm. And I figured if we can manage our resources, and that's time, and especially if you are in manufacturing, waste, to make sure that you take care of that, just be paying attention to everything that you do. All those little things affect the bottom line. So, out of a need in working in different companies, I decided, you know what, I can I'm gonna jump into into business consulting. But there's something that happened a while back, I was working for a company, and I came to learn that they were making up numbers. That's not good, and it was out of fear because from the corporate office there was a lot of pressure to perform, and it came down from the district to the district managers and the managers and they were making up numbers and objectively when I assessed I figured it's because they couldn't produce very well. I said I want to work with small businesses to help them to do business the right way. And that's when I decided to try business consulting and coaching.
0: What types of businesses do you work with typically? I
2: work with small to medium sized businesses. A company can be as small as ten employees all mm-hmm. the way to about a hundred on the coaching side. Mm-hmm. When it comes to consulting, it doesn't matter the size of the business. Revenue-wise, my sweet spot is anywhere from $2 million and above. I have some clients that make way less than that because, again, My focus is growth and acceleration. So a small company that's making about a million dollars, I can help them to probably double that business within a very short time.
0: Do you have any particular industries you focus on?
2: No, there's no particular industry. Mm -hmm. I have clients all across the board from moving companies to IT company manufacturing and moving companies. So any small business really qualifies to work with me.
0: You mentioned earlier about following processes and following a system. Do you have a favorite discipline that your coaching comes from, whether it's lean manufacturing, there's deming, you have all these different, you know, you have Gemba Kaizen from Japan. Do you have any of those that are foundational in your coaching?
2: Yes. I draw a lot from my industrial engineering training and and experience that I have. Uh, Kaizen is one of them, Mm -hmm. which is continuous improvement. Of the processes that you have and we know in the world that we are in for you to be able to win you got to be good at two things marketing and innovation to put the word out there who you are and then to innovate yourself but i move that a little bit further continuous improvement not just on the processes but on the person We clean up the mess that's happening in the company. We focus on the people, okay? Is the CEO developing himself or herself? Are the managers being developed? And that's where the training comes in. So continuous improvement is huge, but I'm also huge on professional development. Again, talking about the kind of companies that I work with, I also look at the people that I want to work with. I look at their character, their personality, what they believe in, their philosophy, how they do their business. And if someone either has an interest in developing themselves or they want to do that. They have always wanted to do that. That's that's a very attractive person to me. I suggest some books that they are going to read and listen to another big thing I do actually is holding my clients accountable actually the first three months mm-hmm. if they are listening to any book they, they send me a report kind of a status report every evening just a text I've done this today on this particular book and it's very easy with the audible they just send me a screenshot of where they are at and it sounds like babysitting sometimes but you find business owners might be good at what they do on the technical side but when it comes to business building they're not good so it's not not just coaching. I'm helping them to become what they want to become. Then after that, I step back and have them take the driver's seat.
0: Oh, certainly. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Um, what, what are some of your favorite books that you recommend to your clients to read?
2: Currently, my favorite book on uh, habits is called Atomic Habits. Mm-hmm. It's by James Clear. Great, great book. Close to that, there's a book by the founder of, of uh, Keller Williams, Gary Keller. It's called The One Thing a wonderful book as well several books by john maxwell when it comes to leadership and there's an all-time book called the leadership challenge it's it's been revised several times like six i think they have the sixth edition right now leadership challenge is a good one as well
0: yeah i saw on linkedin that you worked for john maxwell i did talk about working for john maxwell that's uh, had to have been a life-changing experience for you being a part of that for it was four or five years i think i saw
2: Yeah, actually with John Maxwell, I didn't really like work with him, but I got certified through the John Maxwell organization. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I have the opportunity to meet John at least twice a year. We have a national conference that we do Mm -hmm. twice a year. And being part of the inner circle, the mentorship team, um, I get to go in and meet with him and have a session with him among other people as well. Mm. The John Maxwell team gave me a head start when I left engineering because I was good in engineering, but I wasn't good with the business. Mm. And I had to learn how to speak and coach and train. So I needed people to coach me. And the John Maxwell organization gave me that platform. I still get mentored through them. Yeah, so that has been a huge privilege for me. But they have incredible and amazing resources that I recommend to anyone who really wants to grow in leadership.
0: So what are some questions that you ask leaders or someone listening, some questions they should ask themselves to see if they are, they're on the right track with developing themselves and their, mm-hmm. their business?
2: I think the first question, and in this case, being biased on the, on the entrepreneurs and business owners, the first question should be, is this what I really want to do, whatever I'm doing right now? Is this my decision to do what I'm doing? Am I doing it to please someone or because it sounds cool? And, and if the, the answer is yes, then the next thing is where do I want to be a year from now, three years, five years from now? Goal setting is still a real thing. you got to set goals. But beyond that, they need to ask themselves, if I make all the money in the world and I'm healthy, do I really want to do this? Do I love it that much in a way that mm-hmm. even if I'm not being paid, I'll still do it? Mm-hmm. Passion is huge. It's, it's a huge thing because you've been running business for a while and you know sometimes you go through a rough patch and you wake up in the morning. You don't feel like doing it, but you still get up and go. So that thing that gets you out of bed in the morning and you do it even when you don't feel like doing it, that's what I call passion. So they need to ask that question every single day. And the second thing is...
0: If I can interrupt you real quick, that's why this podcast is Work Optional. Let's make work optional because Mm -hmm. if work is optional, Mm -hmm. you come from a position of strength. That's true. You love the work you do. You love Mm -hmm. the people you work with. You love the customers that you support, Mm -hmm. the vendors that are part of your your world and your network. Mm -hmm. And from my perspective on wealth management, you also are financially sound that you could retire if you want to, but you choose to continue to go to work and continue to give back because who wants to retire when they're having fun? Nobody wants to do you that. You want to make work optional <laughs> and your decisions are from such a position of strength and empowerment when you can have a di- make a difference and make your decisions running a business and not having to do it for the money.
2: Yeah, that's true. So the <laughs> passion question is one. Uh, the next thing is The people that I'm working uh, with or I'm around every single day when I'm doing what I do, whether I work for myself or I work for someone else, who can I add value to every single day? When you ask that question, it's an indication of someone who has stepped out of themselves and they're looking out for other people. We get frustrated most of the times because we are so wrapped up around ourselves. Mm-hmm. So if you can ask, who am I going to add value to today? And, and actually schedule that. Have it on your calendar. Because if it's scheduled, you are likely to do it. But if it's not scheduled, it, it becomes a little optional. Am I designed to do it or not? Who am I going to add value to? And then beyond that, ask yourself, what kind of impact do I want to make in the world? Now, people say you cannot change everyone in the world, but you can one person at a time. And especially those who have employees, you have no idea. Uh, the impact that you create in their lives when they show up in the morning and you just say, good morning, I'm happy that you're here today. Maybe you just made their day. You reward them based on performance and you pay them well. They buy a home. Maybe they've always wanted to buy a home and then they build dreams with their kids in there. Pay them well. They get a new car or they take a vacation. So you are impacting people at a very large scale without knowing. And I think we should purposely to do that every single day. The last question that I ask people is besides thinking about the impact that you're going to create, what actions are you taking to actually do that? There's something that I started doing about a year ago. Every client of mine, I'm challenging them to partner with a nonprofit in their local community. So that beyond making the money, they are also contributing to us that. And it's very intentional. It's scheduled. It's happening. If it's, let's say, once a year, they do a gala together and they help to raise money. Actually, just this morning, there's a local nonprofit that I connected one of my clients who are there this morning. And we are going to do an event in April this year. So it's a way to help them to step out of themselves again. Like you said, if they work every single day in their business, they are likely... To just see that. But if they can step outside of their business, they know that their business is way more than just that. It's there to create impact in the world.
0: It's so easy to get Mm -hmm. caught up today with your inbox, your Mm -hmm. voicemails, your emails, all the uh, Mm non-urgent fires that Mm -hmm. may be going on. Easy to get caught up in that one day after or next after or next yep. and to get in there. And so it's nice to have somebody come in and kind of shock you out of that like <laughs> you, to change your <laughs> approach, change your habits, and ask good questions.
2: Yeah, and you know sometimes business owners, they worry too much. Even when I told you that have them take a vacation for a week and they're not supposed to call their business, some of them, they still sneak behind me and they do that. <laughs> uh, because the way I do it is uh, I, I'm usually their backup. So I'll tell them, If your managers need help, they need to call me first. Then we are going to assess to see whether you really need to be called or not. And then we'll stage it in a way that if they see my phone call, they know it's important. If they see a point person from their business, they know it's important. But not everyone is calling them. But I've had some of them, especially the first time they do it, they still sneak back and send a text and try to figure out if it's okay. But it's powerful whenever they come to realize that, okay, number one, they are not the lifeline of their business. They have built people around themselves and and those people can run the company. They need to trust them enough. Mm -hmm. And then also number two, to learn that when you let people run operations and they run the business, you are giving them a gift. They are learning new things. They are getting to exploit their potential as well. So it's way more than just them Mm -hmm. being there, micromanaging everything. There's one particular client that we've been working together for about two and a half years now, and we tried that in uh, 2018. She took the first vacation, and then this past year, she took four, actually three vacations, and the fourth one was a birthday trip for her mother. So the third trip that she took, I think it was to Orlando. She called me when, when she was on—actually, she texted me when she was at the airport— And she said, I just called my office and they said, they don't need me. They are good to go. They are booked for the next two weeks. (laughs) And she said, you may have to find something else for me to do. And when she came back, we set up a podcast. Now she's starting, you know, a podcast to help moms to, you know, to run Mm -hmm. business and run family as well. So, you know, seeing that kind of a development and growth in my clients, it's a very beautiful thing.
0: They can work themselves out of a job. Exactly. Go to that next thing that drives the passion for them to grow that Mm -hmm. next business, the next opportunity, whatever that next venture is. Yep. That's the nature of the entrepreneur. It is. It's to continue to create really good change in the world Mm -hmm. and great people that support them. Yeah, that's true. So you moved here from Kenya. I did. What was that like growing (laughs) up in Kenya? Because that doesn't relate to my experience growing up in Cape Girardeau, I don't guess.
2: You know, it was interesting. It was fun. And a lot of people ask me how I landed in Kansas City. They don't expect that. Most of the people, they expected me to to go to the big cities like New York and LA, but I, I tell them, I didn't know where I was going, honestly. Mm-hmm. Most of the people outside the U.S., they don't have a real picture of what the U.S. is like, and I was one of them. Now, first off, I grew up in the village, like a real village, where there's no clean water, there's no electricity. Wow. Food was hard to come by. So ideally, I'm not supposed to be here even. I was lucky to go to high school, which was a boarding high school, and, and I got a good education. I went to college. And right after college, I got a job as an engineer, and um, I was able to make money quickly. I was able to help my brothers and my sisters. I brought my brothers from the village to the city, and, but there was still some kind of dissatisfaction. I felt that I can do more. Right. So
0: you went to college in Kenya. I,
2: went, I did my bachelor's degree in Kenya.
0: Okay. And then, your first, then you worked in Kenya as well. But then I
2: worked, I worked in Kenya for three years. What
0: city were you working in there? In Nairobi. the capital, Nairobi, capital okay. city, mm-hmm. Yes, I was in Nairobi. And so then you were helping your family.
2: Yes, I was helping my family. I rented a three-bedroom apartment, there and I brought my brothers in. They were staying with me. Somehow I decided to move out of the country. The real reason why I moved from Kenya to come to the U.S. was adventure. I was just curious what happens in in the, in the U.S., I had to apply to school. So I applied to school, got uh, accepted to come and do my master's degree. And how I landed in Kansas City, actually, I I was accepted into two colleges, uh, Fort Myers State in Florida and then uh, University of Central Missouri. And I looked at the two acceptance letters and the the tuition fee for Fort Myers was four times more expensive than UCM. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, you know what? They tell me America is America, so I'm going to go to UCM, mm-hmm. you know. So I came to, decided to come to UCM, and, and we, we landed at the airport around 8 p.m. And you know, you've
0: never been to the U.S. No, I never been. I never been. Oh, my goodness. What and, was and this like? You know, and, and I
2: del- decided not even to research much about where I'm going. Just got on the plane, landed at the airport around 8 p.m. A friend of mine called Lincoln came and picked me up, and I was tired, so I fell asleep drove all the way to ucm went to bed you know there were lights so went to bed woke up in the morning and i looked through the window and i was like i think i'm in the wrong place because i saw cows <laughs> and farms i'm and like this is not America. I mean, You're thinking New uh, York City. Exactly. <laughs> and I looked at my roommate and I said, is this America? He said, yeah. So how come you guys have cows? He said, we have cows. Where do you think we get our meat? And I was like, okay, this is not good. And uh, for the first week, I thought I'd, I need to go back to Kenya because I, I was staying in Nairobi and, and it was, was a good place. And, but after about two weeks, we came to Kansas City, this side, and I saw, okay, this, this is a nice place. It's not, a, it's not as bad as I thought. So mm-hmm. that was part of my culture shock when I got here.
0: What life lessons did you learn in Kenya that you bring to your business today and growing up with the experiences you had uh, and how they apply to your business today and, and you use that to help your clients have a better world view?
2: Yeah, there are several lessons. Number one is being tenacious. I would say that I was taught that I had to learn that. Mm-hmm. I told you I grew up in a village my, and, and I was brought up by a single mother. I have four brothers and two sisters, and all of us were brought up by a single mother. We didn't have a lot of resources. So somehow you had to be tenacious, being able to work hard. We were working in people's farms to get food. And so working hard was not really a problem for me. And that has, has, has helped me very, very much in my business, you know, even when I moved to the U.S. The second thing is uh, respect for people. It's ingrained in us, especially when you grow up in, in that part of the, of the country. Where anyone actually, this is what what I was taught that anyone who is older than you qualifies to be respected like your dad, like you treat them that way, and, right, that's it, awesome. and and any 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 woman who is older than you is supposed to be respected like your mother. So it just you don't don't question that. So it became part of me. And respect is huge when it comes to to business. You respect people who are older than you and younger than you. The other thing is uh, being part of the community. I grew up, again, in a place where you mess up when you're on the streets and then someone is going to, I mean, they're going to hoop you when you're on the street. (laughs) They won't even ask your parents, so you're disciplined by anyone. But on a larger scale, being able to be part of a community is is huge to get people together. I'm I'm a social guy. I think that's who I am. I, I love people. So the question of you are supposed to treat people the way you expect to be treated, I don't have to think about that because it's just ingrained in me but beyond that i figured it's not all about me it's another lesson as well when you're all wrapped around yourself you miss out the opportunities that you can get when you interact with other people i think they are, those are the lessons i can think on top of lessons. my mind
0: yeah what do you need more than those than those four uh, lessons those are
2: the most basic and they are powerful so they, they keep me going they are powerful. Oh yeah.
0: Any closing thoughts you have on the podcast today? I really enjoyed getting to know you and your business and and sharing your story with our listeners has been tremendous.
2: You know, what I would say and, and this is for entrepreneurs out there. We live in a times where there's an, expo- an explosion of information. Embrace the information, but beyond that, just have fun doing what you do. Care about people. If you have employees, Just do the best that you can to give them, to create an an environment for them. And this is just based on my experience. So create an environment for your employees where they can call home. They spend an average of 8 to 12 hours at work. So if they don't enjoy their time at work, they are going to be miserable and they are likely to quit or just be there and collect a paycheck. In general, I would say any entrepreneur out there is a game changer. I mean, we, we are change agents. Uh, just keep on doing what you are doing. So you get to a point whereby you make enough money, you can pay your bills. Then what else? It's all about the people and making this world a better place.
0: You're an amazing man. I have a lot of respect for you. Thank you. You have a a hell of a journey that you're on Mm -hmm. and just the joy and the care that you bring to your clients. They're treasured to work with you.
2: Thank you, Brian. It's a pleasure being here. Absolutely. Appreciate you.
0: Thanks for listening to Let's Make Work Optional from True Wealth and Company. I'm your host, Brian Sarf. With me this week has been Isaac Wambua, industrial engineer and business strategist with Synergy Business Solutions. We'll be back next Tuesday morning at 5 a.m. Be sure to spread the word about our podcast to your friends and family. And don't keep us a secret. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Connect with us on LinkedIn. And don't ever forget, invest wisely, save early, give generously. Let's Make Work Optional.
1: You've been listening to Let's Make Work Optional from True Wealth & Company. Visit us online at retirewithtrue.com or call 913-653-TRUE. That's 913-653-8783. All matters discussed during this program are for informational purposes only. This podcast in no way shall be construed as a solicitation to sell securities or advisory services to residents in any other state than Kansas or where otherwise prohibited topic should be discussed with your advisor prior to implementation advisory and insurance services offered through true wealth and company llc a registered investment advisor in the state of kansas